Team Chucky. Don't have a problem with killing. <laughs> don't fuck with the Chuck. <laughs> Why do you kill? It's a hobby, really. Hi, and welcome to the Franchise Players Podcast. I am your host, Mark Goddard. We are on our second episode in our journey through the Child's Play series. A series I'm actually quite enjoying so far. A lot better than Omen. Made such a mistake last time. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chloe Davies. Hello. Hello. You're so quiet today. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I'm dead inside. (laughs) Looking at the news at the moment, we're all dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But no, but we are on Child's Play 2. And it's, I don't know about you, but I find it quite good. So far. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm excited to watch the rest. And we're joined by a guest this time around. It seems to be saying we're going to be doing for the next few um, episodes of the podcast. We've got quite a few guests coming up. And this week, uh, we're joined by uh, the host of a brand new podcast coming up, um, which we'll see both me and Chloe appear on. It's uh, not just for kids. It is hosted by... You'll know him from Snake Bite Horror, because he is one of our reviewers over there. It's Russell Bailey. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I can't complain, can't complain. It's lovely to get, finally get you on the podcast. <laughs> um, as I said, people know you, hopefully, from the reviews you've been doing for us for the last few years, and obviously the reviews you're doing with Chloe over in Groovy Movies. But for people who might not know who you are, tell us a little bit about your history of horror, and a little bit about your podcast. Oh, Lord. Um, my history of horror. So I've loved horror since... So it sort of started with Jaws when I was five, which terrified me, and then um, moved on when I watched Predator when I was like 11, and then my dad started showing me 18, so I watched lots of uh, strange sci-fi horrors when I was a teenager and too young, and then now I have kids, I need something to adult to get in on, which is why I now watch far too much horror, and then I met Chloe last year at Fright Fest which was a mind-blowing experience. It was great. <laughs> and I watched... Because you met me, obviously. Yeah, that's it, all, all because of you <laughs> and not because of 26? Not because of the Fright Festival at all. It's just, just I'm yeah. awesome. Not because of a plethora <laughs> of horror films. It was because of you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, so I I, um, I watched far too many horrors. I also run a horror club here in Oxford, which, uh, given when the whole global pandemic situation, we haven't met for a while, but... We were meeting for a bit. We used to meet uh, every month and go and watch horror film together, mm. which was nice and fun and kind of easy. And it was nice to meet other horror people who, who love the genre. Yeah, I, I love the genre. I love what it does. I love it when it's uh, dark and weird and depressing. And I also love it like this when it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like I like it when it's being super silly and also super serious. So mm. it's sort of this genre that for me covers everything covers all these different areas and there's all these different subgenres to it that makes it such a fun one to watch mm. and also people who weirdly when you say you love horror they like why so your new podcast tell us a little, yeah, bit, a little so, bit about that and how it came about so as i said being a dad means that i watch far too many kid and family films and i'm obsessed with cinema not just horrors but sort of everything in cinema so i thought i'd merge the two both being a parent and mm. loving films into a podcast. So I've had this idea for a couple of months and I've been furloughed for some of that time. So I thought I'd do something useful of my uh, ample free time and not allowed to really do anything. So I, 
I started this podcast and it uh, covers um, all those films we used to watch and some of us still do, plus those films we watched growing up that shaped us. So it will cover non-family films uh, at some point. Mm. Um, and our first series is looking at 10 years of uh, American animated history mm-hmm. and it, it covers from the birth of Pixar with Toy Story all the way through to the point where uh, Disney stopped doing tr- uh, traditional animation a lot and it's uh, for me a really interesting 10 years because you've got DreamWorks popping up you've got these like cool little films like the Iron Giant doing their thing and then you've got Disney making uh, animated films that no one really watches mm-hmm. and they just get increasingly a bit naff like i watched treasure planet for the first time the other day and that is a bad film that's oh, just I like a that bad. <laughs> it's i just i did not gel with it it was <clears throat> but it was really interesting to watch it and be like oh, i know why you're going wrong at this point i know what you're trying to do i know you're trying to mm-hmm. appeal to boys but it's not working it's not clicking for me mm-hmm. um yeah so we're doing that and then the second series will probably cover uh, steven spielberg as a director and producer so his time from Jaws to Jurassic Park, because he basically has an involvement in all these huge films like Back to the Future, uh, Poltergeist, uh, obviously the Indiana Jones films, E.T., all these films that are sort of films I watched uh, growing up mm-hmm. and sort of shaped uh, the films that I watch. So I thought it would be cool to look at him as well. And there's just there's so much I think I can cover with this, because... You can go like off to Japan, do Studio Ghibli. You can do Ardman films. You can do specific directors, specific actors, points in history that are really interesting. Yeah, because these are the films we first watch. Mm. They're super interesting to me. Like even something like Child's Play is one that you hear people on podcasts talk about when they watch when they're far too young, and it's a very scarring film. Mm-hmm. But you watch it now, and it's super fun and light and interesting. But when you're a kid, this f- film series about a homicidal doll that's in your house that your parents won't believe is alive and is out to kill your loved ones and take over your body is would be terrifying as a kid but you'd watch it as a kid is yeah lots of stuff cool cool i'm looking forward to talking home on the range with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that home on the range is is our end point because it's the last traditional animated film from Disney, from yeah. Disney, that they sort of stopped making them. They made the Prince and the Frog after, but that was like this one-off kind of blip. Yeah. The rest of the time, they don't make them, and it's super interesting to look at that film and look at why that film in particular is this weird, sad end to the story of traditional animation at Disney because it's not great. The death of traditional animation. Yeah, but it it has such a <laughs> footnote attached to it. Yeah. And like I had Chloe on talking about Anastasia and the Iron Giant and something like the Iron Giant's really interesting because it was this huge flop when it came out, but we all love it. All, everyone oh, who's seen amazing. it loves it and thinks about it and goes back and almost cries watching it. I mean, mm. my daughter will wonder why I get so teary near the end because mm. she just sees it as quite a fun thing with a giant robot stomping around that comes back at the end. But for me, it's this heartbreaking story and... You can feel yourself welling up. It's great. It's like when you're watching Pixar, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the Pixar. I mean, she's watched Inside Out so many times. And the point at the end when the girl hugs her parents and says she can't be happy for them Mm. is heartbreaking. And Mm. it it makes me... Like, I'm there fighting back tears and she's just happy because it's big and colourful and bright. And it's... Yeah. yeah, Pixar are manipulative bastards. (laughs) 
parenting. <laughs> <laughs> As a dad, I know how you feel. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. How's it hanging, Phil? Child's Play 2. <laughs> He's the original. He'll take your breath away. This fall, Chucky rules. Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. Child's Play 2. Keep an eye out for it. <laughs> so, let's get straight into this then, guys. So this week we're on to Child's Play 2. Uh, followed on pretty much where we left off. Writes out a few characters. Kind of, in a okay way. And we don't get the really annoying Mike character. Yay! Got rid of Mike. <laughs> we start off basically in somebody basically finding the corpse of Chucky and basically making him into a brand new doll again. In a PR stunt, in a way, it's kind of like, look, this doll's fine. We've checked it out. Nothing wrong with it. So we get a really cool opening sequence where they're cleaning up uh, Chucky in a. For some reason, it's got metal. Skeleton. Okay. <laughs> Cleaning up the doll. Very human-like teeth, which is a bit creepy for a doll. So they basically saying, oh, that someone's obviously messed around with the doll. The, guy, the, the boy's got a bit of mental issues. And uh, kind of the PR guy's kind of saying, hey, the, the guys are messing around, you know, changing the voice cassette, saying, hi, I'm Chucky, the Lake Store Shawshank Strangler. I'm going to kill you. And kind of the owner giving him the kind of look of, fuck off. Don't do this. So they're trying to basically cover it up. They're kind of going through the whole cycle of that. We find out, in the meantime, Andy's in a foster home. Mike gets written out. Apparently he said, no, nothing happened. Uh, didn't see anything. But then obviously Andy's mum, she's kind of backed up Andy's story. And now she is getting psychiatric help. Which means poor Andy, even though he's still saying it, and he's saying it's now dreams. He's now, unfortunately, in a care home where he gets placed with a very nice family a little bit later on in the movie. So we have to kind of the sad situation of this one. How, how, how do you guys feel after watching the first one? They handled kind of writing the characters out. Do you think it's a little bit kind of under the rug? Say one thing and get it over and done with? Or do you like the kind of the way they've written out Mike? Um, I like that they continue from the last film. I like that there are consequences to the last one. It's not just... Because uh, in some horrors it would just be that Chucky is the one that they would keep as the constant, mm. and then it would go off and basically repeat what happened before. But in this, poor Andy is is still traumatized. And he's still gone through these terrible things in the first film, and now his mum's out of the picture. I mean, she is sort of quickly written out, but it it feels. I, I sort of like that. Uh, she's there's this consequence to her going through the horrific things that go in the first film. Uh, I don't really mind the annoying character being written out, if I'm <laughs> honest. 
<laughs> I no don't need that. <laughs> um, and I'm I kind of just like that it, it follows Andy, but the same Andy. It's it's still a young Andy going mm. off, and we see the impact of his trauma, and I like that. Yeah, I like that it followed on, and um, I I love watching Andy trying to get over his struggles. There's like a bit where he's with the therapist and he's trying to like convince him that it's you know just made up and. Also, they, they really wrote Mike out in the best way because he, he was kind of a dick <laughs> and it seems very in character that he wouldn't back them up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that just proves why we hate him. <laughs> so, yeah. I like how they, you do get kind of little samples of story to do with his mum. He does pick up his mum a lot during the film, which is keeping her in the story. But I don't think she comes back at all in the other films. But So, back at the... Doll Factory. I'm going to call it Doll Factory. I can't think of any other name of calling it. We get the hilarious electrocution scene where they're trying to basically <laughs> set the doll back up again. Um, and before they put the eyes in, they, the machine malfunctions and shoots a man across the room through a window. Again, it's the second time in this series where somebody hilariously goes through a window. They love death. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the window deaths are, are, are the, uh, the main attraction here. Even the red face, that's just... Very 80s. It's very over the top. Mm. Um, it reminds me a little bit of stuff we used to see in Leprechaun. Stupid deaths, which you kind of laugh at at the moment. There's a bit later on that reminded me of Leprechaun, actually. You know when, like, towards the end, and they're sort of trying to kill Chucky, and they, like, blow him yeah. up? And he's, like, pumped full of air, and it, just the way he expands <laughs> and everything. That was a, that was a thing that just straight, straight away reminded me of, like, a Leprechaun death. <laughs> it's a perfect Leprechaun death. It's a shame it couldn't have happened. Mm. <laughs> Basically, the, the owner of the company wants it covered up. So look, covered all this up. No one knows these guys are dead. Right. Get rid of the doll. I think how we do with it. Andy is then adopted. Let's say adopted. He is fostered by Phil and Joanne, who feels a bit, yeah, not too sure about Andy kind of coming and living with them. But I think Joanne, he, she, she, she kind of connects with him. Until later in the end, she's very quick to get rid of him. But that's, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they take him home. They know about his history with kind of the, the Chucky doll and what he's, how he's feeling about that. But no, Joanne's like, give, give him a chance. Uh, Phil lays down the rules very quickly. Like, do not touch the old stuff. You know, these things mean a lot to us. Setting up later on uh, for them to kind of think he is a troublemaker. And this is when we find, meet a character who I know is going to come up later on in the, in the series and is a fan favourite from what I've been told. We get to meet Kyle. She is our secondary hero and I think she's got quite a, quite a big role in this movie as well, which is quite nice. It's not all just Andy. We finally get somebody else to be on Andy's side. Like a big sister role for him. Okay, well, what are you guys thoughts on, on Kyle in this one? I liked her, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I can see why she's a fan favourite and I can mm. see why... I think it's the last one she's come back in. I haven't seen the last one, but that's sort of the one that is bringing all the tangled threads together. But I like her. I I like this idea that she becomes a surrogate sister to Andy. Mm. And it, it, I mean, I think in the first one it works that it's just Andy and the doll because it's sort of playing for most of it that it's trying to sort of trick us into thinking the doll isn't alive, potentially, mm. that there's that mystery and you can't have that here so having her in this role um and she gets some great moments she gets some funny times there's a bit when she comes in 
from a night out and finds Andy tied up <laughs> and just has the best reaction. She doesn't react how I'd react, which is to kind of freak out that there's this kid tied up in their bed. It's just... <laughs> yeah, she's fun. Um, there's slightly too much of the uh, damaged orphan tropes, but mm. it's it's a fun genre film, so I'm sort of tolerant of that. And where things end, and we'll get to the ending, I'd kind of love her to have been more of a presence going forwards. Yeah, it's a shame like, she doesn't appear to in in the next ones really. Yeah, she sort of they sort of have this ending that we'll get to that sort of leaves on this note where she could be more prominent, but. Mm. She isn't, mm. and she's fun. I I like it. I I I like that she sort of. Uh, e- each of the three members of that household have a personality, and some of them are better written than others. Yeah. Um, and she, I, I'm, I'm cool with her. Yeah, I also really like her, and um, I love. She is one of my favorite personalities in the house, and I like that she's sort of um, this kind of rebellious character, but she's sort of. You know, she said, like, I've been, you know, through so many foster homes and all that, but she also has this, like, soft side um, that she sort of ends up showing towards Andy and even towards the foster parents. I think she understands that the mum in particular is, like, a good person and, like, actually cares. And even though she does rebel against them a little bit, she does also seem to care for them. And so it's really sad when, you know, they sort of end up dying and she's sort of, she could have probably stayed in that home and been quite happy, mm. but they end up sort of getting killed off, and that kind of made me sad. I was like, <laughs> you know, she could have, her and Andy could have had a nice little place there, because um, not everyone's that lucky, and she's probably experienced so much, you know, crappy parenting from mm. all the other homes she's been in. Um, but yeah, I, I liked her a lot. Cool. Again, later, later on, we'll get more of, of Kyle. There's still more Andy at the, at the start. Um, so Andy gets to see his room. He's so happy. He gets, he's got all these toys there. Um, the, the unfortunate someone's left a good guy toll in the cupboard you would have thought you'd check that before you bring back a, <laughs> a kid who's burn it yeah <laughs> like oh this, this kid's been traumatised by a good guy doll I won't check the cupboard to make sure we've got the toys <laughs> yeah but it's Tommy Tommy is lovely he's oh. not like Chucky yeah poor Tommy no. I love the scene of Chucky burying him it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> one of my favourite scenes <laughs> yeah oh bless him um, so meanwhile, uh, Max and the PR guy, um, he is on the phone to his, uh, his girlfriend. It's a very bizarre phone call. It's kind of like she's only with him <laughs> for vodka. So he's like, yeah, 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 darling, I got, I got the vodka. I got the vodka. Yeah. Um, stops off cause he's got, he forgets the, uh, the old vodka, but Chucky's in the back of the car with him. This is after he's kind of tried to put Chucky in the car in five different, different ways. Smashing his face in several times with a car with a car boot. Pissing off Chucky. This guy's not going to end, end well. So he's um, he goes off and buys buys the vodka. Can't buy it because you can't. You know you pay a card and the place only takes cash. Meanwhile, Chucky's trying to basically find out where Andy is, calling up the foster home, getting his whereabouts, saying he's his uncle Charles. They gave out that information way too quick. I mean. <laughs> If you phone up a foster home and go, yeah, I'm his uncle. Yeah. Can I do information, please? Oh, yeah, sure. Here you go. I can't believe it. I was thinking that breaks all the laws. It does. <laughs> it's just way too easy. I think she just wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, he finds out where Andy lives and he holds Matson up hostage in his own car. Gun to the face saying, drive me to this place. 
ends up being a war gun, but hey ho. So Matson drives him basically to Andy's house. Um, threatens him, says, take me there now. Um, shoots him with a war gun. He fucks off. Um, in the house, obviously we find out that the doll's name's Tommy. And Chucky gets to meet Tommy. And uh, shut up, you idiot, is the first thing he says to him. Bless him. This, this is where he gets to the bit where he basically beats the shit out of the doll. Caves his face <laughs> and buries him in the garden. <laughs> Poor Tommy. It's just the image of him. Poor just, Tommy. Just the image of him digging the hole and then burying him at the same time while laughing. Yeah, there are moments with the burial of Tommy and then thereafter where it feels almost like a like a weird Hitchcock. Like there's that bit when they're in the swings and uh, Chucky's nervous because they're swinging over where Tommy's buried. Mm. And it's all these lovely little things towards like a Hitchcock thriller. Yeah. Mm. Things like there's not much kind of reaction in the face either. It's all in the camera work there, which is which is amazing because you can just tell mm. just by the camera action that Chucky's pr- shitting himself that he's going to find this dead body underneath the swing. <laughs> so basically, he's now uh, Chucky's now posing as Tommy. So when he's beating the shit out of Tommy, he also breaks the uh, the ornament. So this is where we get the bit where Phil's pissed off that the ornament's broken and nobody admits it's them because it is none of them, it is Chucky. So they both get grounded. This is when you get a bit more of the kind of Andy and Kyle kind of bonding in a way, which is quite which is quite nice to see. So that evening, Chucky finds Andy and he wants to play a game of hide the soul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which means uh, this, is, this is a bit where you get Kyle goes through the window and finds him tied up. Which is a weird scene. Um, <laughs> again, why? Just, yeah, <laughs> just the reaction is not what you would expect. But it's like, still, how did you tie yourself up? Great. Like that? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, so we get Chucky obviously bring, brings himself out into light of it all pretty quick, which is quite quite interesting way of doing it. But you know, at least then it can kick the action in a little bit quicker to try and prove to. Andy, that Chucky's not real. So Phil throws him down the stairs. The Chucky, not Andy. Just to say, look. That's a different film. That's a very different film. A <laughs> <laughs> child's play four. Um, to phrase phrase him, look, doesn't it? No, he's not real. You don't have to worry about this anymore. This is when you find out Chucky's starting to turn human pretty quick. So, a little bit quicker than the last film. He needs to try and get his soul into Andy very quick. Um. <laughs> You get one of my favourite scenes in the school, <laughs> which is Andy meets Mrs. Kettlewell. That bitch. Oh, she deserves everything she got. <laughs> so, Chucky's flooded him to school. Andy's, uh, he vandalises Andy's homework, uh, which just says, fuck you, bitch, on, the, uh, on, the, on, his, on his schoolwork, which gets Andy's attention. Now, Andy's getting bullied at this point, when the kids just poke, flick him on the ear, you get a little kind of scene of that in the bus as well, where the kid kind of pushes him. And she goes straight away, she goes to the fact that you're this problem child. Really bad parenting, I've, 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 I've teaching skills. Um, she goes straight for him, even probably knowing that that kid behind him is a bit a little of a shit. And this is where we get the great <laughs> death scene, first proper death scene in the movie that actually makes it any kind of, you know, care of it. Is Mrs. Kettlewell's death because she goes, but Andy escapes because Chucky's now locked in the in the cupboard, 
and she goes back because she thinks Andy's in the in the closet where she's locked the door. She's locked all the doors. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! It's not even what old school teaching. It's just old school teaching. It's fine. Never, <laughs> Jesus! It's not even that old. She's not going to run away. <laughs> Technically, he did run away. She should lock the windows, but uh, should have locked the windows. Yeah, no, there you go. Then he would. She wouldn't let Chucky out, and he would have been alive still, and she would have been alive still. Yeah. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Miss Kettle- Kettlewell here? Hate her. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Horrible seat, James. <laughs> I mean, I have to give a shout out to the actress playing her. It's because uh, she has one of my favourite lines in Donnie Darko. Mm. Um, so it's Beth Grant, and her line is, "I think it's sometimes I doubt your commitment to spark emotion." And it's just the way she delivers it in Donnie Darko is amazing. And she's not, like, the thing I find strange about this death is that nothing comes of it. That sort of Chucky kills her and then there's nothing said about it. I think it would cause more of a reaction for a teacher to be beaten to death in school by who you'd assume is a damaged child. Mm. Um, And as horrible as she is, and she is a (laughs) pretty fucking awful character, (laughs) um, it would still probably cause a pause and maybe an alert mm-hmm. um but I, I i think the death is hilarious i think it's there's like a couple of these deaths in child's play that are just really ridiculous and funny and it's this idea of her terror at this doll coming towards her with a ruler mm-hmm. is hilarious and then the fact that that doll then beats her to death with said ruler <laughs> it's yeah i love this death and i'm not saying she deserves it but she's a pretty horrid character so she sort of does. <laughs> We're not saying to beat everyone to death of rulers if they're rude to kids, but like, I'm not not saying that either. <laughs> Don't forget, though, he does also stab her in the back of an air pump. Oh, yeah. yeah that would probably be what kills her, not the rulers. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's a death that definitely would cause at least some kind of alarm in the school. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But a lot of these deaths would as well, though. A lot of locked doors and He's the only kid in there. <laughs> yeah. He would have thought maybe they might put two and two together. But um, I hear Chucky does have the great line of, uh, you've been very naughty, Mrs. Gettywell. <laughs> <laughs> Before he starts spanking over the ruler. Kinky. So back at the house, um, Carl tells Andy, you know, basically, that she's with dozens of families, and if he ever gets sent away, then he has to kind of believe in himself. He can only rely on himself. You know, I've got a feeling this is what's going to kind of lead into the next movie as well. It's more kind of his kind of he's on his own. He he has to, he, he's fighting on his own. He, he doesn't have any help. Um, no matter what, it doesn't matter whatever wherever you know whatever happens, you'll you'll you'll, you'll have you. But then you know, Andy kind of just says, you know, it doesn't matter wherever I go, Chucky will always find him, which is it's just sad. It's just really sad. <laughs> Later that night, Andy. Goes and find, just goes to finish off Chucky. He's like, no, I'm gonna go down there and I've finished the bastard off. So he goes to the kitchen, starts going for the things. He gets an electric bread knife, and heads down to the basement to find Chucky. Um, this is when Phil makes his unfortunate death. What, <laughs> what, what are you guys thoughts on Phil on this one? Because I, I, he never get. I don't. I don't think he gave Andy a pretty fair chance on this one. No. Nah, fuck him. As, 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 as a foster yeah. parent, I think, you know, would have thought he'd be more caring. He's, yeah, he's sort of 
hostile from the start, so we immediately don't gel with him. We immediately don't feel any sort of positive feelings towards this guy, and he then gets killed off in quite a mm. nasty way, but it is memorable. He has a memorable death, and it's nasty. And unlike uh, the teacher's death, it feels slightly more... Um, it, it would feel more like you could point it towards Andy. Yeah. And yeah, it's so uh, he has a he has a great death, but he is a dick. The thing is, though, how he dies, it's more he's tripped down, tripped off the stairs, and broken his own neck. I don't see how it. It's, it's, Isn't his ankle cut? Ah, yeah, he does cut his ankle, doesn't he? Oh, no, does he though? So, it would just trip him up. So, either way, it would it would be easy for them to be angry at Andy, which they are. Yeah, but you you, you can see why their conclusion would be that obviously Andy did something to. At least causes manslaughter. Well, that's true. That's true. We do get the great line of "How's it hanging, Phil?" <laughs> from Chucky. <laughs> he's he's all about the bants in this one. Um, I mean, Chucky's great in this film. Chucky is just all about fabulous lines, well delivered. Definitely. It's strange that so far he's only really killed the arseholes. Hmm. Generally, yeah. Mrs. Miss Kettle, Kettle, well, Miss Kettlewell, she was a dick to Andy and Phil's being a dick to Andy right now um, it just seems like it's the bad guys getting killed it's it's a weird looking at it that way it's, it's, it makes Chucky quite a good guy really <laughs> in a way <laughs> in a way it's sort of like how Dexter's a good guy in mm. uh, that show how he only kills the arseholes and it does look like it's just, it's just Chucky getting revenge on the people who are upsetting Andy without him kind of realising he's doing it but he does kill Tommy, and we can all agree that Tommy is lovely. Tommy is, uh, is lovely. He just wants to be your friend to the very end. Phil <laughs> <laughs> just died. Brilliant. Thank you. This is the scene where the foster mum, I forget her name, she really, so, the jo- Joanne, she decides that that's it. She's completely doing a full 360 on this, and she's not liking Andy right now. She blames Andy for for the death. She um, straight away, without kind of really realizing what it is, she's kind of making Andy seem like he's he's quite a violent kid, but he's really not. But it's, it's a straight on. But then grief can do that. Grief can quit kicking like that. Just, yeah, the person she's loves just fallen and yeah. cracked his neck on the on the floor. It's not. She's a, a really amazing actress as well. When she sees that, she looks so distraught. And it's, I think it's the woman from American Werewolf. It is. It's Jenny yeah. Agutta, I think. Like she's yeah, also she's... in the Railway Children, I think, and pops up in oh, loads cool. of things. Like she's quite a classical British actress, and she keeps popping up in uh, at this time, like genre films like this. Mm. But she, so she's a really good actress, and I'm not sure if I think the film is written well enough for her. If that makes sense, because like as you say, she just completely changes her position at this point, and I, I'm not sure if I think that's maybe because they needed a quick way for her to be pissed off at Andy so that they could push the plot forward. They'll just write her out don't quickly, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they just want to get to that great ending. Mm, possibly, possibly. So. Andy gets taken out of foster care. He gets taken to back back to the to the original home, and this is when Kyle starts to get her kind of time time on the, on film right now. She puts Chucky in the bin, gets rid of him, goes back on the swing, 
And uh, this is when Tommy's bud body is finally found. Oh, Tommy. Poor Tommy. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, she goes to the bin. She, she realises that Chucky's the evil doll. And it all starts to make sense. Um, Duran gets her death as well. Which is oh, yeah. Sewing so, so, so machine-based death. Um, and her throat slit. Uh, Chucky then attacks Kyle and basically forces her to go and take him to Andy. So they speed in, get pulled over by the police, get dodged, get to get an awkward scene with the police. <laughs> What's your name, buddy? Chucky. Oh, that's, that's, that's cute. <laughs> Good she must be way too young to drive. I mean, how I don't know how old you're supposed to be allowed to drive in America, but she is it eighteen? She shouldn't be able to drive it. I thought it was 16. It? It's definitely before you can drink. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 16 because you always see in like TV shows and stuff, they're like, in high school and like, learning how to drive. Are they allowed to learn to drive but not pass their test? Till they're... Sure. Because they can learn to drive like from, I think, 12. Really? What the fuck? It's something <laughs> super young. It's super young that if you have like a trained uh, teacher in your car, you can learn to drive. That is horrifying. Uh, I would I never mean, trust a twelve-year-old. <laughs> lots of horrifying things in America. Let's be honest. And yeah, well, that's it, at the bottom of the list. <laughs> it's, but it's on the list. Don't worry. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I think she's probably too young to be able to drive. But she does sort of. They do sort of present her as older than I think she is. Mm. I think she's about twenty-five while she's filming, so she could like get away with it. I think. Um, I think she's probably about seventeen in the movie-ish. Yes. Yeah, she's definitely under um, eighteen, yeah. I think, because she's still in a foster home. Yeah, she's talking about how she wants she'll be able to leave soon and stuff like that, and I think she mentioned this at one point. So I think I'd put her around seventeen. So I don't know. saying that, yeah, I, I was listening to another podcast with her on an interview the last few days, and she said she was seventeen, but she was twenty twenty five playing a seventeen year old. So now you are you're one hundred percent right on that. So yeah, so we get the drive down from the foster house to the foster house with Carl. Finds a way of trying to get basically shoots him through the windscreen, breaks up breaking suddenly, and then tries to kill Chucky with the car. Chucky can't die like that. He ain't gonna die that easy, as we find out later on in the movie. Um, <laughs> and Chucky gets his way, and basically gets gets Carl to take him over, and find Andy. The fire alarm's going in the foster home, which is, which is Chucky basically is forced to pull the fire alarm. Uh, the, the owner of the foster home she brings Carl into the office like what are you doing this is stupid uh, why are you doing that don't you think he's gone for enough and then she gets Chucky attack her and goes amazing isn't it I'm alive and stabs Grace and we get her falling into a coffee machine and we have a great visual of her death face floating onto her face in paper form which is quite an interesting quick visual so he stabs her. So he stabs her. Grace is now dead. Again, it's a situation like with the with the teacher. It's a bit weird. There's a lot of room and it's Andy in there. Chucky is trying to kill Andy. Andy, he forces Andy to basically run away. Uh, they take a little joyride in the back of a newspaper van. Uh, Carl is in pursuit. And they end up in the good girl, uh, good girl? Good guy doll factory. Which is actually one of the better parts of the film. Yeah, I love this like third act. It gets something also about it taking place in the factory and just like seeing all these dolls like deconstructed and something like really cold and weird about it. I don't just seeing sort of that sort of production. It was kind of creepy. Like at the beginning of the film, where we see 
the burnt doll being like taken apart and put back together again. It felt like a really fucked up version of, you know, like in Toy Story 2. Yeah. When um, there's that scene where that guy's like tidying up Woody and like making them all clean again. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, but yeah, just seeing like the bare bones of these dolls was so creepy. <laughs> yeah, and I love the bit when they're going through the maze of boxes of Chucky's and it's mm. just such a great visual of all those boxes of this toy and it's yeah this is it's the best bit is this bit because it's a great locale and they use it really well it's very Shining-esque like the running through the, the hedge maze and the Shining that's kind of what I pictured mm. when that's what bit. oh that was exactly what I was thinking of because Andy looks a bit like Danny from behind mm-hmm. like he has the same kind of haircut and all I could think of was like it's like that bit in the Shining yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely it's something I was saying to you um, on WhatsApp, um, Chloe, is Carl near the end has very Sydney from Scream 2 vibes about her. Yeah. I think yeah. even even visually, like looks-wise, she does, she's, got, she's got a bit of a Neve Campbell look to her. I think she's kind of got yeah. the kind of the damaged hero vibe to her, which mm. I think is really, really fitting for her character and it also makes it even more kind of sad that she doesn't come up in till like Cole or Chucky. Personally, I would have liked to see a film with more her, even if, it, even if she was probably more in like you know, Brighter Chucky or Cedar Chucky or something like that, something else that wasn't, you know, five films later. <laughs> but no, definitely, definitely comes into her own here. Um, yeah, we get the. Basically, we've got several, so many different scenes in this movie. So let's just roll, run down. Kind of, we got the the maze. We've got the machine, which uh, takes out Chucky's legs. You think Chucky's dead in in one of five death scenes that we get? This movie. <laughs> Comes back so many times. Oh, he just Christ. won't die. <laughs> we got a poor technician. He gets new eyes. <laughs> I love that bit because I saw the the creepy machine that was just like putting eyes in dolls. I was like, that's got to come up somewhere, surely. Oh. <laughs> like you can't put that in and not. It's like Jekyll's gun. You put that in there. It's got to go for some point, you know. So yeah. I was waiting for it to happen to Chucky though, and then because obviously he's turning more human, and if he's blind in <laughs> yeah. Chucky, it's like with the brand new eyes. Um, mm. So yeah, you got the guy dying. You got the the, the box maze. You got Chucky almost getting his soul into Andy but then realising he's now too human so he might as well just kill him now and game of cat and mouse around around the, the factory really so he loses his legs at one point in the weird kind of doll making machine then Andy gets the brilliant kind of part of there is a big melty plastic container pot full of burning burning plastic um, we've got a doll, doll hair oh doll hair sewing machine which basically uh ties him down and gives him extremely long pubes so he go he's got that part as well just so many great scenes in it just all all kind of molding into the whole end part of Chucky turning into a big molten pile of goo it was almost like a bit of like Cronenberg body horror at that point mm. but like with dolls yeah and I love like the use of the setting like you said it's a really cool place to do it and you're looking at all these like different machines and stuff and you get shown all these different things like you know the square hole opening shut and like the melty thing and you're just like waiting it's like Final Destination you're just waiting for something to mm. like come up and like do its thing um so I thought that was one of my favorite things about the the last sort of um scenes mm. I also like that it goes uh, bigger, 
like the than in the first one, which is all contained in the flat. This just expands yeah. out, but it also mm. sort of repeats what happens. So in like the first one, it's, that Chucky gets broken down but keeps going. In this, he's also sort of broken down and destroyed but keeps going. So mm. it's, it's a nice uh, repeat, but in a much larger canvas. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's great. It's never ending. It's a never ending death cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I do with with, with the um, thing you mentioned earlier, Chloe, the whole um, the head blowing up thing. I'm really going to expand yeah. it. Even even then, I was like, "Is this the last one?" Exactly. I think he could come back still. But his face <laughs> reminded me of the ginger dead man. <laughs> yes! Down. Oh my god! Absolutely, that's what I thought of as well when I was watching that. I was like, "It looks exactly like that." Oh. <laughs> then he goes all then he goes all scanners on our ass, and his head just explodes, and um, and Chucky is now dead. He's dead. Parts of plastic and brain everywhere. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> then you get the end scene where, you know, you got Carl and Andy walking out the factory. Um which again, like like um Russ was saying earlier, it's they end it kind of in a way where you think it's gonna be them two and leave it open for for Carl to be part of the series, but as I know from the third one, that's more set in the army school, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, military school kind of thing. So, do we get, do we... it's just they point to this lovely direction, but they don't take it up, and it, it's just a shame that. I mean, I don't really rate Child's Play Free, which you'll get into in your next episode, but yeah, it's not, it's not as fun as this, and it also. I just think there's a nice like point they could go after this point where they have a life together as a sort of surrogate brother and sister, and you could do so much with this ending they just don't and it's really frustrating i almost imagine them like you know going off like hitchhiking together and like sort of living on their own and just like sort of building their own sort of life like you said life together and that would have been really cute just like sort of staying away from everyone and doing their own thing um i think that but that's kind of where i saw it going after the end but yeah i'm just kind of sad that she doesn't come up again until like five films later or something yeah. <laughs> Grown, grown up Carl, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, like we get grown up Andy in uh, Curse of Chucky. But, yeah. There you go. That was Charles Play 2. Sorry, but this this, this this week I haven't gone kind of full descriptive mode into it this time. We're all very tired. <laughs> We've all been working. <laughs> we try. We are trying this guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what are your overall thoughts to this one, Chloe? We're going to start off. Yeah, um, it was really great fun um and yeah i just loved seeing andy again because i i don't know when i first watched the first film like two years ago or whatever i didn't expect him to come back i thought like russell said a lot of these things like pick up with new characters mm. or whatever um but yeah um i still really love him i love kyle um i love that extra layer of dredge get at the end from seeing behind the curtain of like the dolls like making um a production and yeah, I just think it was such an awesome like climax to the film. Mm. Um, yeah, just sad that she doesn't come back. And um, there's some really shitty characters in this that really bothered me, but I'm glad they got their comeuppance. Yeah. Bit, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> How about you, Russ? What are your, what are your thought, final thoughts on this one? Um, I bloody love this one. This is my favourite child's play. Um, this is the pit for me where it sort of clicks. Mm. Like I really like the first one, but here it's sort of the horror and the comedy sort of mesh really well together mm. and like, I really enjoy it when it's being a sort of warped toy story that uh, 
Chucky can't show people he's around and he has to keep doing things because we're more with him in this film than we are in the first film because the first film has that sort of is he or isn't he a evil possessed doll mm. and they can use uh, Brad Dorif more here and he's he's great he's always great in things mm. and he's so much fun here and he does enraged like super pissed off better than most people mm. like when it's Chucky shouting and screaming about how pissed off that he's going to be human and stuck in this body it's great I yeah I love Brad in this but I, so I also love the location the house mm. uh, it feels sort of nice and atmospheric they sort of the issue over the third one is that it doesn't have as fun a location like the first and is it curse of chucky is that or cult? what's the sixth one uh, I think there's one that's like in a mental hospital or something the that's one to so the one before that curse, chucky, curse yeah. is also in this house and when they're in like houses or flats they use them really well mm. they sort of use the space as well and shoot them really tensely yeah. i'm only uh, slight thing is I think this isn't as well directed as the first yeah like because I, I so I rewatched the first after watching this again and the first is is just slightly better mounted and slightly better shot and this doesn't have that same tension that is in the first one because we know Chucky is alive because we know Chucky will get to the finale and so will probably Andy mm. it's just that sort of it's the only thing for me that isn't quite as good it misses but I, I still the first film in a way yeah. yeah like I think the first is a great standalone film I think the first you can watch and that's it it sort of ends mm. and there doesn't need to be sequels to it but if we have yeah. to have sequels I'm really glad it's Child's Play 2 because it's just mm. silly and fun and bigger it feels bigger at times which is nice I mean it goes down the um, same kind of route like going back to Leprechaun the first one, even though silly, isn't as bad as the other ones on the silliness scale. <laughs> and I love the silliness of the other the Leprechaun movies, apart from In the Hood, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, no, I personally think this is actually one, in a, in a way, better than the first film. But then it's because I'm used to Chucky Chucky. So my overall favourite one is, is Brighter Chucky which we're doing in a couple of weeks with you actually you're coming back on to talk about Brighter yeah, Chucky yeah I'm going to come back on I love Brighter Chucky I think it is so camp and cheesy and I love the camp cheesiness and that is my Chucky that's that's, that's my image of Chucky is that movie yeah so uh, Bride of Chucky is the first one I saw I saw it when I was like 18 I think mm. I saw that and Seed around the same time and Seed is a a whole other weird <laughs> thing I'm going to let you guys talk about that <laughs> Without having to even try and work out what I think about Seed of Chucky. But Bride of Chucky was my image of Chucky. And then I saw Child's Play a couple of years later. But I sort of forgot it. Mm-hmm. It didn't stick. And then when, so when I rewatched I was like, oh, lots of things happened I don't remember. Mm. And then I saw this and number three basically in the same two days. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I think this one, it all clicks for me. It all clicks why Chucky is so much fun. Like this is one of my favourite horror franchises because it both has this constant of Chucky as a really fun character, but also just keeps changing. Like this is different from Child's Play One mm. and this is different from Bride of Chucky, which is a completely different kind of horror film. Yeah. They just change it up and that's why I love them. So it's thumbs up all around. We're all, all, all liking it, so 
brilliant. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You're more than welcome to join us in this one, uh, Russ. Every every episode, I've, I've got to ask the question. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Chloe, what have you been watching this week? I've literally, since we last recorded, watched like two things. <laughs> oh no, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, um, well I mean I've watched a couple of short films which I've reviewed, but on oh, my website and stuff, but um, I've watched the Hamilton stream on um, Disney+, Plus, awesome. which was really awesome, because I've seen the um, musical in London, but I hadn't. I really wanted to see like the Broadway version with the original cast, who I love. And although I get it's kind of controversial to people, and there's like a whole discussion going about it right now, there's so many talented people in it, and the songs are so great, and I just I love it a lot. It's kind of an epic one, and mm. just so many so many good people in it. Um, and then I watched um, the Beach House on Shudder, which is like literally just been put. So I'd seen a lot of good things about it, and like everyone was really hyped. I did not get it. <laughs> I really did not get why everyone was so excited about it. Um, and I, I, at first, I was because it was like started out really slow and not much was going on. Um, then I kind of picked up a bit, and I was mostly just excited because the guy from Medium was in it, mm-hmm. and that is so nostalgic for me. I used to watch that show all the fucking time, so I was like, holy shit, the guy from Medium's in it, and I was so excited. And he was like my favorite character in it. And then he, like, disappears halfway through or something. So it's like, okay. And then it just... I don't know, I didn't really... I, I didn't get what the point was. Um, I mean, there's some cool, like, gooey effects in there and stuff. But, I don't know, I just didn't really get the point of it. And I just couldn't really... I think it was too slow for me. But maybe I'm just too stupid to, like, slow movies. I don't know. But, yeah, that was it. Maybe just too tired. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like I've started now. rewatching Hannibal as well. Um, that was okay. cool. Oh, what a show. It's a good show. Yes. Oh, I'm only two two episodes in. Um, but oh, I missed it. Like that was like my thing at one point. I loved Hannibal. <laughs> so the good. the last episode of series 2 is perhaps my favorite episode of any show ever. Mm. It's I think the perfect they should have ended it there. I mean, I enjoy series 3, but it just is this perfect ending to what Hannibal could be. I didn't get into series three. I think I watched a couple of episodes and I just couldn't quite get into it as much. I'm going to try it this time. I've, the um, first I'm half, you've definitely got to power through of series three. You've got to just power through that Italy yeah. section because it's not as good and it spends all of its time explaining why people haven't died, which is kind of <laughs> boring. But then it gets yeah. into Red Dragon and that's the fun stuff. But yeah, series two, end of, is perfection. Yeah, I mean, that just incredible stuff. And I just love... Will Graham so much. He's such a precious character to me. I'm just like, he's adopting stray dogs everywhere and I just love him. <laughs> and Mads Mikkelsen, of course, is just insanely good in everything. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ask Ross this question. What is he watching? Because I know what he's like. <laughs> Million movie man. <laughs> the man who I have done. I just like watching movies. films. What have I watched? <laughs> um, I watched Panic Room again. I hadn't seen that for a few years. Movie. Yeah, it's really Ooh. fun and contained and it's, it's like, so long since I've seen it. Yeah, it's just a really fun film. Um, mm. I watched a film called A Secret Love, which you've seen, Chloe, which oh, is don't. <laughs> really moving and really good. Uh, yeah. I watched Carnival of Souls. Still need which, to watch that, I have it, though. Bloody weird. I don't know if I quite get it, but I thought it was great. Mm. But it's just... it's. I, I, there's a lot that you can say about it, and I need, think I need to watch it again. But not for a while because it's just really warped and utterly terrifying. And then nothing else. I'm, I'm watching a lot of a TV show called Succession, 
Yeah. I've seen a few episodes of that because we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Huh. Oof, what I did see was awesome, and that music I could listen to it or repeat all day, which I think I... you already do, don't you? Yeah, and it's just I love watching these horrid, shitty characters try and survive their yes. situation, and they're horrible people, and I, I just love it. I just love watching these terrible people fuck up, and it's great. I love Kieran Culkin in it. Like he's such a shitty guy, but he is the most entertaining. Um, there's, well, I'm at a point where there's quite a, a strange story development. I'm just like, I'm going to see where this guy is f- for his character. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, I need to carry on watching that one. And I'm re-watching Parks and Rec because I need something to take off the edge of this, <laughs> this year. And so I watch Parks and Rec and What We Do in the Shadows. Both of those are Good choice. repeat watches <laughs> Good right choice. now. I just watch those and I'm like, oh, it's fine. Oh, and mm. also watching for some stupid reason the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Oh, I started that. It was dark. Oh fuck! It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just the bleakest, yeah. awful story I've ever watched. And I sort of knew most of the details because I've read the articles about it. But just having it all in one place, it's just sort of mm. overwhelming. So I then watched a nice show after that. I watched one of the thirty-minute comedies. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's all right. They're vampires in New York, and they're all happy doing their thing. That and Peppa Pig, I'm assuming. <laughs> Oh, no, what are we watching? Um, PJ Masks. Fucking PJ Masks. I hate it. Yet. Not seen Oh, yet. it's so stupid. Not at that stage. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just, I, I hate all kids' film, all kids shows. They're just all... Hey, 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 hey. Fucking... Hey, Dougie. No, hey, 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 Dougie. Well, okay, okay. Hey, Dougie is fine, but... <laughs> um, Boss Baby? <laughs> Boss Baby can go, can fuck off. <laughs> I'm not having this argument again with you. Hey, okay, Boss... It's, good. Oh, it's a good film. The... No, it's not. The two months I had to watch that every single day were the worst two months of my life. That's like, that's and that's I knew like I'd me, been... and, me and Elf are exactly the same. Like, I love Elf. Elf is adorable, but I only watch like once a year. I was working in, in a toy shop and that's the one constant film they were showing every single day. I hate that film. I hate. I think you need to watch it again. I no, think thank what you. I'm hearing is you haven't watched it enough. No, no, thank you. You're mm. right. You're fine. <laughs> I'll stick to my Hey Dougie and my uh, whatever the fuck Wish and Poof is. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that's the most horrible show on. Anyway. <laughs> so, apart from that, I haven't watched anything. <laughs> As always. I. We did for the podcast um, Satan Slaves. We had Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith on the podcast from Summer of 84. Really, really, really awesome episode. Go check it out. We watched. Love that film. Yeah, it's pretty, such a brilliant film. One, it's the first film it's, we yeah, did. Great podcast. It was amazing. Yeah, so we did Saint the Slaves with Matt and Stephen. We also did Devil's Candy. Both very rubbish movies. <laughs> this is the only way I can kind of nicely say it. weren't great. weren't great choices. They they were disappointed as, as much as we were. But um, if you do want to watch them, catch up with us and. They were on Shudder, but they're the only two things I've really watched. I've half watched Creepshow 2. That's, that's going to be a, web, a review coming up soon. Um, and I've got <laughs> Zoo, Zoombies to watch as well. <laughs> what, what's Zoombies? It's Zombies in a zoo. Zombie animal. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's, not, it's not Zombies in a Zoom meeting? Then. No, no. Oh. That'd be that, that's Zoom bees, yeah. That was that's a completely different. <laughs> have, one have. have you seen Zombievers? Is it? Oh, Zombievers is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I haven't and seen I it. See that guy's other film, The Drone. 
Oh, I don't that, that was on last year at Breakfast. I think it's on somewhere right now and I need to watch it. <laughs> Seriously, Zombievers is definitely worth watching. Definitely. It's so dumb watching. and it's so great. <laughs> and you know what? It actually has really good like beavers. Like the 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 Zombievers in it are really awesome. <laughs> it's like Black Sheep, but the American version. And I love Black okay. Sheep. Okay. Black Sheep was hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't really seen much. Um to be fair, with all the editing and stuff I've had to do the last few weeks, I'm just out of time. But this week, I'm watching, obviously, Home in the Range and Brother Bear for your podcast. Um, <laughs> um, Sorry. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I've got one year old. She can watch it with me. Um, and we are what we're watching for the podcast this week. Digging Up the Marrow, which it should be quite good. It's Adam Green. I don't mind Adam Green. His film's normally quite good. And Blood Quantum. Over on Shudder, which I have nothing, I don't know anything about. So, they could be interesting ones. They could both be shit. I don't know. But yeah, that's where I'm at this time. That's a, that's a lot less than we normally talk about. I'm disappointed in you, Chloe. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did also watch Session there 9, which was good. There you go. There you go. Think of more. And Russ, I'm even more disappointed <laughs> in you, <laughs> if I'm honest. Well, yeah, no, I. I... Too much of a succession. Still, still sad now. But it's so good. They're so awful and they're so incompetent and they're so rich. Oh, I love it. It's it's great. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. I do miss watching movies um, all day. I miss, I miss reviewing. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> and that is our episode. Thank you again to Russell Bailey for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Russ, for joining us. No, thanks for having me. It was Thank fun. You. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for Pride of Chucky. Um, yeah. And you can catch me. Uh, where, where, where can people catch you? Actually, that'd be a good one to start on. Um, where where oh. can people catch you? When do your podcast come in? And you know, Plug, plug, plug. Okay. Um, I think that Not Just For Kids podcast will arrive at the end of the month, mm-hmm. maybe. Hopefully. I have to do one more of the early pods. So what I'm doing is I'm recording episodes in batches and releasing them and I have to do one of the first episodes to record that and edit that and then when that's done I'll release I'll start releasing them week by week so probably by the end of July it'll pop up um, I'm on Twitter for that uh, the handle is adults2pod so T-O-O because uh, not just for kids was taken uh, and my personal Twitter because I should plug that is Russ Loves Movies and that's I just retweet people who are funnier than me or more interesting and uh, any articles I put up or put up by say Groovy Movie Reviews which I do of Chloe will be there mm-hmm. um, what am I doing with that uh, so one of the things I'm doing for that is watching films I should have seen and doing a, a weekly uh, article on that so I've done 2001 recently I've done The Birds uh, Little Shop of Horrors this week it's Hannibal which I have to finish watching I watched like, the first hour of that and it was I don't love it, but I need to finish it. Um, sure, yeah, and I do reviews sure, I as well. I don't mind Hannibal. It's not a bad film. But waiting to get to the it's end. The, <laughs> it's just the first hour is just... We know Hannibal's around, and they're just all trying to find him, and I'm a bit like, uh, come on, something happened. And, yeah, I suppose the, yeah, the, re- the replacement Clarice wasn't great either. But. It just... It, I've, I've, right now, I think I've heard Hannibal locked up in this uh, movie-verse. Mm. I like him in a cage when he's just there saying menacing things and offering advice and there's 
another serial killer floating around. That's. But we'll see. I'm. I've still got another hour of the film. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all I need to plug is those two Twitters. I'm also awesome. on Letterbox, but I can't tell you what that is. Just look me up. I'm sure I'm somewhere. Awesome. And uh, as always, I've been joined by Chloe Davies. Chloe, where can people catch you? I'm on Twitter at ChloeDav196 and on Letterboxd at DavisChloe7 and obviously Groove Movie Reviews like Russell said. Cool. And as always, you can catch me over on the social medias. I'm over on Twitter. I'm Snake by Horror. Instagram at Snake by Horror. Um, you've got us on Letterboxd at Snake by Vault. And you can also listen to the podcast in more places now. We're actually now on several other other devices from this week. We are on Deezer. We are on Buzzsprout. We are on Google Playlist. Playlist. We're on Spotify, Castbox, anywhere, iTunes, anywhere you can get your podcast. Hopefully, you'll be able to find us on there now. Um, so yeah. Thank you for listening as always. Um, listen to the Horrorcast. We've got some great guests coming up. Uh, we've got the director of Stillborn and Z coming up as well. Um, Brandon is just picking his films as, as I speak. I'm hopefully going to hear him in the next few days, but he'll be an amazing guest. We love Z and we loved um, Stillborn. Um, and our next episode for this one also has a guest. We are being so treated to guests this, this time around. Um, mm. we're getting Eddie Generous from the Unnerving podcast great guy, great podcast, do check it out but he'll be joining us to talk Child's Play free. Um, and as always I've been your host Mike Goddard uh, thank you for listening and it's goodbye from me goodbye from Russ bye and goodbye from Chloe bye